Hey everybody, welcome to the Life in Blended podcast. This is episode three. And in today's episode, we're gonna be talking about the beginning of blending a family. Let's jump into it. So what is a blended family? So the dictionary version is a family consisting of a couple and their children from this and all previous relationships. Right. So basically it's one couple or one partner who has a child Mm -hmm. with another person who may or may not have a child and bringing their families together. Correct. Got it. And first, I want to start off by saying no one... I truly believe that no one goes into this thinking, I wanted a blended family all along. You know, nobody gets married or has a child with someone and then says, well, this isn't going to work out. So let me just blend my family anyway. Right, Right. Right. So it's not like glorifying it, but this happens, right? Right. You, no matter how hard you try, it may be that your marriage doesn't work. The relationship doesn't work. You may be in an abusive relationship. I mean, there's so many aspects as to why a relationship will not work no matter how hard you try. Exactly. And at the end of the day, many people try their best, but because of situations and because of life, it just doesn't work. It doesn't make them any more or less a failure. It just makes them human. Right. And the positive side of blended families is that you do get that support of a family. Right. Right. You can have the family that you may want, right? right? It just may not be that nuclear family, but you can still have a family. And that's the beauty of a blended family. Yeah, it's really a different type of a family, but it's it's still a family. Right. So especially when it comes to a blended family, the foundation, as we've said so many times, of that is The marriage. Right. Marriage equals instant family. When it comes to blended families, absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's not no like, here, you know, there's no kids involved. Now, instantly, you got a house with kids. Exactly. (laughs) So you're you're entering into a relationship with a person, but also with their child or with their children. Absolutely. So the most important part of that is the marriage. You need that strong foundation, right, in order to deal with everything else that is going to come along with that and there's a stat out there i know you know it yeah nearly 40 percent of all weddings are remarriages for at least one of the partners and 40 percent of married couples with children in the u.s are step couples so step families are definitely on the rise but one alarmist statistic is that the divorce rate for step family couples is roughly 40 to 50 percent and it's projected to increase to about 50 to 60 percent and i say that not to discourage people from wanting to blend families but to actually be real to let people know that blending a family is hard work right you can't just wake up and jump into a blended family and wing it and expect things to be successful. Right. And what you need is you need community. You need a foundation, not only in your marriage, but in your your family, in your home. Right. And it's just something that you can't do or shouldn't do on your own. Right. So it's not to discourage those from wanting to blend a family right. and who are trying right now, right? Exactly. Because if you're struggling right now to blend a family, which you probably are, yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. Uh, you hear that and you're just like, well, there goes that. There goes that, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about like this, the, the foundational stuff that worked for us and worked for other families as well. Right. And when we talk about marriage too, we're also including long-term right. relationships Right. Because well. not everybody's getting ma- married. That's the reality. There are people who are blending their families that are just like in a long-term relationship. Right. So 
when we're talking about those things that you need in a marriage or in a long-term relationship or partnership, what are some of the things that make that relationship strong? Right. So if you Google it, you're going to get these same strong things, which is communication, trust, uh, patience and forgiveness. And that's was basically our foundation as well. Right. When we talk about communication, that was a huge part of us and continues to be a huge part in blending our family. You have to constantly communicate uh, your feelings and situations. There has to be an open line of communication. And in that communication, there has to be trust and vulnerability, which means that you may not always tell me what I want to hear. Hello, we're going to be talking about each other's children. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Your child is never annoying to you. Your child will be annoying to other people. Exactly. And there's things that maybe you may not notice that your partner does about your child. And you need to be kind of open to that uh, constructive criticism because you are now a family. And those are difficult conversations. Right. That if you don't have a strong foundation in your marriage, it will cause a ripple and may eventually in that ripple tear that relationship apart. And to add to that, when those ripples happen, that is a place more so for forgiveness. Mm. And one thing that Stephen Furtick said was that you shouldn't judge yesterday's decisions with today's wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because you may have done something either in your relationship or in your family that of course you wish you could have gotten back. But you can't live in the past. You can only move forward. And a lot of times it starts with owning up with what you did. Mm -hmm. And also maybe forgiving others for things that, that they did to you. That is a big one, forgiving others. So when you are blending a family, right, it's obvious that your partner, one of you or both of you are coming from a previous relationship. Right. And a lot of times there are scars from that previous relationship that you have to work through. Right. One of the things is that you have to deal with those past hurt and pains. And that right. had to happen with us where you weren't so open in the beginning. Right. I We've wasn't. mentioned this before. It was hard for you to accept certain things and how it affected you. And a lot of the times I'd had to say, you know, when is he going to open up and say, okay, this affected me this way and it's affecting my relationship now. Yeah. And I appreciate that so much because there were things that I just wasn't ready to accept or address or just share. Mm -hmm. And you said that you, you bring scars from your previous relationship, but in some cases it may actually still be wounds. Yep. Oh, come on. An open wound. Yeah. Exactly. So then what ends up happening is if you have healed from that and your wounds are still open Mm -hmm. you bring that baggage you bring those those cuts right (laughs) into your relationship and it's only a matter of time before it begins to show right one of the the points that we gave was trust right right a lot of the times if you come from a place where someone broke that trust right you're going into this new relationship you have to learn to kind of trust again. Right. And your partner, you should show that grace as well. You're both growing, right? And uh, actually move forward together. Build that trust together. Uh, it's not easy. But again, this is the foundation because these foundations are all going to be shooken up once uh, you get to the blending with your kids. Right. Which is a major part. Right. There were a lot of difficult conversations that we had, especially Mm -hmm. about trust. Right. And one of them that I'll share is this whole notion of you're guilty into proven innocent, Mm -hmm. where you think about the previous relationship or relationships that you were in, and you may have been burned, you may have been hurt from it, and then developed a mentality of instead of being innocent into proven guilty, you're Mm -hmm. guilty into proven innocent. Oh, yeah. And then if that creeps into your current relationship or your marriage that you're blending your family, 
that's something that is going to forever haunt you and your partner. It may actually put you in a place that's further steps back than you need to in order to move forward. Right. And you have to kind of come to terms to that with that, because even though you could say, oh, I'll just hide this. I feel this way, but I'll I'll hide it. No, there's no hiding. Eventually, your actions are going to show exactly what you feel or how you think. What you're thinking and feeling is going to affect your movement, the way you move in the relationship. And it's only for a matter of time before you can hide that. You know, before it just comes to light in your actions. Right. So you do have to come to terms with how you feel. And again, that has to do with that openness and vulnerability with your partner that you feel comfortable enough to share that ugly side. No one wants to say, I'm jealous. I don't want to feel this way, but I feel this way. You know, this is how I feel. Right. And just to be honest, for me and the situation that you explained where you gave me time to share my feelings It was about two years into us being together before that time actually happened. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of things I was dealing with, a lot of thoughts and and insecurities and self-esteem issues that I was struggling with from time to time that you patiently waited for me to open up to you. You always provided that space for me to do that. And then when when it was that time or when it was that opportunity for me to actually take it and really feel vulnerable in that moment, I did, but it was because you allowed me to be comfortable and to talk to you on my own time and not yours. And I think that was so important for me because if you would have pressured me to Mm -hmm. be open Mm -hmm. about my past or even some people try to mandate it in relationships, oh, you have to tell me or you need to, then it would have caused me to retreat. I wouldn't have Mm -hmm. shared. I wouldn't have been open and I would have kept things to myself probably much longer than I did. Right. And um, that's one thing that's really important, that pressure, right? It takes time. Not everybody opens up at the, the same time in the beginning. Or it may take years down the line. I think it's, again, feeling out your partner. And again, go to the previous episode where right. we talk about learning about yourself and learning about your partner. You can see how your partner functions and feel your partner. Okay, there's something that I feel there, but are they ready to talk about it? No. But let me continue to be open. Let me continue to uh, let them know that they have a safe space, you know, that they can open up to me. And eventually it will happen, you know, but just remember that whatever it is that they're going to tell you, that you're ready to hear because we're like, oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. But then we're quick with that judgment, right. you know? No, remember that it's a safe space. If you're letting your partner feel that it's safe, make sure that you're keeping it safe, right. you know? Right. I mean, I'm not saying don't have feelings. That's another thing. If you got feelings, tell your partner how you feel. You know, it's happened to us. We say something is like, right now I feel really uncomfortable, right. right? I feel really uncomfortable right now. I just need a little bit of time. Yeah, and that's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. And then you go back right back to it. But it's different. Don't come with that that judgment and and down on them because then that's not a safe space. Exactly. And if anything, it may provide a it may put a further wedge in between. Oh, you yeah. And they the person. will not want to open up to you again. Yeah. And, and we we've had situations where we had to navigate through a lot of those difficult conversations. But I think it started off where we once we realized that we wanted to be together and we thought about marriage. There was a set of conversations that we had that were centered just around that, where mm-hmm. we looked at what was important to us. What did we value? What did we prioritize? And when we knew we wanted to be with each other, we also instantly realized that if we were to be together, that means we would have to blend our families. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a bunch of steps that we took that we had to be considered of bringing kids who are nine, eight, 
seven <laughs> years old right. into this instant family. So right. you, you want to talk about some of the things that we Yeah, we I, I do. I want to first really, really, really like concentrate on the fact that this is major for your kids. Right. Major. Okay. You have to realize that you are falling in love with someone, right? You are. And you're making that decision. Your child is bought into it. Right. You know, your child is not falling in love with this person. They didn't choose them. They didn't choose them. And they didn't choose the situation. Right. So it is extremely important that as a parent, you and I don't think we even realized that in the beginning, being no. honest, honest, we did not realize, you know, wow, this is really impactful for a child. So if there's parents listening that haven't blended their kids yet or just starting to really take the time to think, wow, this is so really life altering for my child. Right. right. This is a stranger. But keep it honest. Like this is a stranger coming into my mom's or dad's life. And, you know, now we're living together. Yeah. And in some cases, you may have an only child who may be going from a only child household to becoming a sibling of two, three, four other exactly that they didn't previously have and that dynamic is something that definitely can affect the kid as well right so no matter for us we did try to take steps the best that we could right we had play dates right we would have sleepovers have them play together but it's it's still different and we would do like long weekends together right Right. two day sleepovers and have them do activities together and spend time together and that was great but it's still different when you put them into the same household exactly things still no matter how hard you try they're still it's still going to be rocky because it's a real big change and it's emotional for these children and i think that a lot of parents have to think about that Right. You know, think about put yourself in your child's place and you can't navigate through a blended family like you would in a nuclear family. And by nuclear family, I mean, mom and dad, they both are together and they have the child and that's their child and that's their family. There's no child from an outside relationship. It's different in a blended family. You can't go about it the same way. Right. So it's it's very, very delicate. It's a delicate situation. And you want to really think about, you know, how that's going to affect the child. Right. That's really important. And if you're thinking from a child's place, it may be difficult for them to connect with this new parent figure that may have come out of nowhere oh. or may have just been seen as a friend. And right. now they're 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 told this is their stepfather or their step parent or their stepmother. Oh. Yeah. Think about where the kid may be coming from all that and how they may feel so disconnected from that person. Right. The steps that we took to try to connect, I know that um and this is gonna get into step parenting rules, which is a whole other thing in itself right i mean this is a whole other episode that we're gonna have to dedicate to that but just to tread lightly on top of that you have to first go in with the mindset that a step parent technically is not like mom and dad right that's not your title right you first need to come in and get to know that child right and that's what we did right we got to know the child were we rejected a lot of the times yeah oh yeah (laughs) i was ignored a lot of times like i wasn't even talking yeah um and but it takes work right yeah it's really hard especially if you think about a relationship in which the child's parent may not be involved at all you're inserted into this role 
It doesn't matter if it's the father or if it's the mother. And it's kind of this vacancy that you're maybe feeling into this child's life. So if you're not showing up as their dad or their mom, but their dad and their mom isn't there, you may have this identity crisis where you think about how do I identify myself? And the child may think about, okay, who are you really? Right. And those are all things that you kind of have to feel through. Right. Right. And you build again, it's day by day getting to know them. What do they like? Spending time with them. Yeah, I know with me, one of the things I did with my stepdaughter is that I realized that she loved to dance. Mm -hmm. So there'd be times where I'd say, let's just make up our own dance routine and let's record it and do a performance for everybody. And that Mm -hmm. was something that she really liked. Right. Do I like dancing? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) do I like turns and and, TikToks TikToks and, and all that other stuff? No, not really. But it was something that made her happy. So a lot of times you have to go to the child's level what they're interested in and and then that can be a way that you can start to build trust and tap into that relationship yeah there has to be a major level of selflessness right because when you're stepping into that child's life they may not recognize anything that you do right and that's the way it's going to be and and you just have to go in with that selflessness and dedicate you know, time to, again, getting to know that child. Like it was for me, like you did dancing. It was superhero and action figures for me and watching things like uh, Batman. I do love Batman, but watching things like that. And it was getting to know him and what, what he liked. Right. And again, it's getting start with getting to know that child first. Right. That's why I think about being a step parent as one of the most selfless acts of love that you could do. You're really loving a child that you had no role in bringing into this world who you share no, you share no DNA with this child, but you mm-hmm. have to love them like they're your very own. It's, it's really a true test of loving someone else. And I'm going to jump in there also, because I think this is where we kind of think differently, too, on this subject. Okay. <laughs> because a lot of people say that loving a child as your own for every other uh, parent out there, that may not happen. Right. That may not happen and do not be hard on yourself, okay? Because it's hard for sometimes parents to connect with their own children. Yeah, sure. Okay? So don't feel the pressure. And I feel like that's a lot. Again, there's a, a major pressure for the parent, for the on like the biological parent putting on the other parent to, okay, this person has to love this my child as their own. Right. They have to treat them as their own. And- hello, you are getting to know this child. Right. You don't just, I mean, you don't just see a child and a lot of times like, oh, I'm so in love with this child. Yeah, for the first five minutes. Right. But then when you're living with the child, all these habits come out and you have to learn to love that child. And that takes time as well as the child is not going to completely warm up to you. Exactly. You know, a lot of times people say blended families like a blender. You blend everything together. Right. No. Remember that there was a there was a devotional, right? Yeah. That we were doing. And the pastor had said that blending a family sometimes is a lot like a crock pot. Right. right. And those children there, you get you get the children that blends in perfectly. Right. Like like it's the younger ones. They blend in perfectly. Right. But then you get the ones that are like the carrots that take a longer time to soften. Yeah. And you're going to have that. And that's OK. It is, yeah. That's OK, because I feel like a lot of the times even we 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 went into it like the Brady Bunch. We Here's did. a story, you know, and everybody's yeah. like all the boxes are aligned. Right. We're all everybody smiling. Everybody loves each other. No. 
Okay, you may get one child that may completely ignore you for months, right? You know, and it takes work. And you may actually get that Brady Bunch effect in the beginning, right? And then if the child starts to retreat or to feel a little bit disconnected, it may not be because you did something wrong. And I say that because I remember when that happened to us, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I didn't engage them the right way, or maybe I did something to make them feel this way. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Sometimes they're just still dealing with this whole blending of a family. And it can be Mm -hmm. rough on a child that may be going through a a number of other changes, too. Yeah. I mean, I could bring up an example of when my daughter was going, she was like feeling really sad. And you came in and did something that normally would make her smile. And she was just like not having it. She was like a brick wall towards you. Yeah. I asked if she wanted to make a dance routine. Yeah. And she was like, no, like it was very dry. And I'm like, oh, and you know, and again, this is what happens now. I'm feeling for my daughter and I'm feeling for you because I know that that, that affected you in a way. It did. I was confused. (laughs) I I know. You're like, what did I I do? Yeah. I saw she was sad and I was like, oh, let me mention doing a dance routine where I know this is going to make her happy. Right. And then when it didn't, it not only did make her happy, but she just shut it down. I was like, oh, wow. Right. And then, you know, that's when I spoke to her and I let her, you know, dealt with what she was dealing with. And I came to you and I said, look, it's nothing towards you. She just misses her dad at this moment. And I think that you offering that love, it was like at that moment, she was like, I I don't. I don't want it from you. You get what I mean? I want it from my dad. That has nothing to do with you. You did it with good intentions, but these are things that you deal with. Right. It was like, you know, in a, in, in the movie, it's perfect. You know, Hey, let's do a dance. Sure. Forget about how I feel about my dad right now. Right. But no, that's not real life. Right. right? And one thing too, is when you think about what's real or reality for an adult, Mm -hmm. it may be different for a child. So you may be thinking, oh, a child, they're going to go to their parent in the next couple of days and spend time with them. So they shouldn't feel like this. They should be okay. They're just going to see them in in a few. That's not how a child may think. And so when we put our own expectations and our own feelings and we try to put them on a child and try to dictate how they should feel, we got it all mixed up. We got it wrong. Yeah. And again, we just have to go about it really in like a selfless way and not try to take things personal, but communicate, right? You know, your partner may feel hurt. I mean, there's was plenty of times that (laughs) I could think of times that I was like, oh, all right. You know, I would, and I know it wasn't nothing personal. Like, you know, I, I would bake cookies and what would your son say? My mom makes the best cookies in the whole wide world. And right. I would say, yes, she does, you know? And I would feel like, is he trying to take a jab at me right exactly. now? Exactly. You know? You're like, or, did, I, did I burn her a little bit? What, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, what happened? Or, you know, just, I think one time he told me, you know, you're beautiful. You look beautiful. And then he was like, my mom is the most beautiful woman in the world. And I remember I looked at him and I said, yes, she is. She's exactly. the most beautiful woman in the world. You have to think... These kids, you know, sometimes they may say things and you're like, oh, are you trying to take a jab at me right now? You're taking a shot at me right now? You know, so it's things like that. And it's you got to kind of like step back and say, okay, they're they're dealing with stuff. I'm not going to take this personal. And it's hard. And again, that goes back to you take these beatings during the day from the kids and then you come at night and you got to go to your partner and talk about it. Listen, I think something's affecting 
this child. Maybe you need to have a talk with your daughter. You need to have a talk with your son really quick. Something's going on right. because they, I noticed that they were a little bit like this, you know, and that, that communication, right. that vulnerability, yeah. right. It's for me to be able to feel like, tell you like, this hurt my feelings. Exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like I'm going to cry. That hurt my feelings <laughs> right now. I feel a little hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's that, these are those hard conversations. And again, this is just the beginning. Just the beginning. Just the beginning. Exactly. When you're first starting this, you know, first starting to mix everything together. Right? Yeah, that's why I think it was important for us to really check our expectations. Right. We thought from the beginning we were going to get into this family or this blended family and things were going to be great. It was going to be so easy. easy. <laughs> Me and you communicated so well. So we're doing great. We have awesome kids. So you right. take awesome and awesome and awesome and put them together. You it's got a big explosion of ex- awesome. Exactly. But that wasn't it at all. And it, 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 it was really something that was, a would say, a rude awakening because mm-hmm. our expectations of what that family or that blended family should be wasn't what we thought it was from the beginning. Right. And then when I researched a little bit about blended families, I came across a psychologist named James Bray, and they did a study on these blended families, right? Mainly it was the mom remarrying or getting into the to um into the like a new relationship with children. And they came to see that there was three different types of blended families. Yeah. First one being what they call neo-traditional. So this family adjusted to change well. Right. Uh they were able to roll with whatever was thrown their way. They focused on a strong marital bond. Okay. That was like a major key that stood out to me. And then developed a good parenting plan. Then there was the matriarchal step families, which had the uh, strong mother figure, mm-hmm. right? And she marries to have a husband. She's not marrying to have, you know, a father or, or a partner to help her raise her oh, child. Got it, got it, yeah. And she doesn't seem to want his help, okay. right? And over time, this family had conflict because... If the role started to shift, right, if the mother started to want more from the partner to be involved with the child, like picking up the child from school or something like that, it caused, a, you know, a little bit of a turbulence because the partner was like, no, nah, this is not what I signed yeah, up for. Or if the partner wanted to step in more as like the step parent, yeah, the, the mother was like, no, this is my territory. Right. And it caused that's where they bumped heads. Yes. Then the last one was romantic families. Romantic fam- step families was um, like an idealized version of a step family. Like the Brady Bunch, right. you know? And um, they thought that everything would be more like a nuclear family. Yeah. You know, that everything would just be perfect. And they were the most divorced prone. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. Most divorced prone. So... The good part was that they said a lot of these families that started off as like matriarchal step families or romantic families, once they shifted to the neo-traditional, right, which is they had a strong marital bond, right, and had a good parenting plan, they lasted. Wow. Yeah. So I think that that's important because Mm -hmm. it, it gives hope. Because you can shift along these different types you of can. step families. Yeah. Educating yourself, it's work, but it can be done. Yeah, it can be done. You just have to have a united front. You just have to be both on the same page, have your core principles or your values together as a family mm-hmm. and as a married couple or a partnership and let that really guide you to how you handle the decisions that you do. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Make sure you subscribe to the Life and Blended podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And follow us at Life and Blended on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
Stay tuned, guys. Thank you. Take care.